0: I am recording, so you can just kick rocks, dude. Okay, or not.
1: Oh, that has hard plastic on it. I'm not going to throw the thing with hard plastic Um,
0: yeah, please, please don't. That would be a little rude. That would be extremely rude. I don't know why you'd be throwing shit at me.
1: I don't know. Why would I?
0: I don't know. I'm not inside your head, lady.
1: That's for sure. We can all
0: thank God for that. Ooh, burping. Um... Oh, we also have to talk about the Predator alien thing. Still. Oh no, yeah. Oh yeah. That is. Uh, hopefully, you can't hear that on the recording because that fucking dryer is loud.
1: I don't hear anything.
0: That. Mm, <laughs> you don't hear that? It's well, super loud. Stop well, Don't have dead air on the show. It's...
1: Well, stop talking so I can. Okay. Hear it.
0: I did not talking on a podcast is not how things
1: work. You can give me five seconds. Oh
0: my God! It just it's fine. Like holy crap! Good grief. Anyways, geez, you're f- sassy today. Oh, my God, I ha- that has to. Can you go turn that off? you no. it- please.
1: I'm comfortable.
0: Come on. Wait, did it just. Doo, 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 doo. There it goes. I hear the jingling. Okay. So
1: anyway, let's actually do the podcast.
0: That was pretty cool, though. Like, hey, can you turn that off? And then it goes off. Okay. Um, This is episode. That's wrong. This is episode 155, isn't it? Or did I oh shit. No.
1: I, I'm not in charge of the numbers, man. Um, you made ma- the sign. I,
0: it says, it says flatliners, li- flat but I don't think it's 154. No, it's 155. Jesus, I didn't even change Awkward. it. Awkward. Awkward. Um, I actually changed flatliners and the date. Let me put the uh, let me put the five on there. Welcome to episode one fifty five. I'm your host, Austin Proctor. That is your other host, Gabrielle Proctor. Hello. Hello. Okay, one fifty five. There we go. That's sweet. Uh, what would you what What are those called that you got me? It's like felt, and you you can stick.
1: It's the little letter boards, um, with oh. the little uh felt pieces that you can just stick the letters into. It's coffin shaped.
0: It's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, episode one fifty five flatliners. Uh, this is a movie for some reason I thought was vampires.
1: I don't know why. I don't know why either. I th- well, I think
0: because I said this last week, I think I was getting it confused with daybreakers. Maybe.
1: Yeah the tat uh, the title's pretty literal.
0: Yeah. So. It's not about vampires. It's about... Full, yeah. So we'll we'll get to that. We have many... Much things to talk about before we go down that road. Uh, what would you want... What do you want to do first? Do you want to do Predator Alien or do you want to do HH? Yeah.
1: Let's do that. Then let's do HHN. All right. So it's really? official.
0: We've watched every Predator movie, every Alien movie, and both AVP movies. I'm going to refresh yep. you on my ranking of Predator real quick. Actually, I don't know if I if I mentioned everything, because I think we were still watching stuff. So, all the way at the top, Prey, that's my favorite one so far. Uh, it's just way good. Then, Predator, the original. Mm-hmm. Then, Predators, the 2010 one. Mm-hmm. Then, Predator 2. Mm-hmm. AVP Requiem, AVP, and then The Predator, all the way at the bottom. Yeah. So... I liked Requiem better. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely in the minority of liking Requiem better than uh the first one. I just it's it's just so silly and campy and fun. Like I don't know. I just have a plus the ending scene in the rain is awesome. It's so bad, but it's like also so much fun. So. You didn't well, rank these, did you?
1: Uh I was on board up until
0: the second one. The
1: end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because Alien vs Predator was definitely higher than the second Alien vs. Predator and um but Alien vs Predator Requiem's hanging out right there with the Predator in terms of you could have changed this to something else and it would not have affected the plot at all. Okay. And um Like I'd, I said, I know I'm I in don't the, like that.
0: Well I'm in the minority with liking and yeah, with liking Requiem, whatever. I don't care. It, it happens sometimes. So yeah. Um, but I'm not saying it's a good movie by any means. I know it's bad. But the Predator I enjoy was
1: it. deeply stupid. So, oh, it was so um, dumb. I feel like people don't appreciate Predators enough because there was a lot of fun action in there and a lot of extra elements that totally make sense for Predators. They just didn't. But, uh, didn't, stick, stick the they didn't stick the landing. Landing. Um, <laughs> Topher Grace's character could have been a, like interesting idea could have been fleshed out a little earlier on not wait till the end um yeah so didn't really stick the landing but uh the predator was so stupid i mean i think we both agreed the part where we were just like because at first we're just kind of like trying to figure out what's happening and the part we're like this is extremely stupid was when they get into the sterile environment Mm. first off we can't keep track of who's who knows who in this film at all. But then you've got, um, Olivia Munn's character going into the, uh, quarantined area where they've got a predator, the predator. Um, and she has to take off all of her clothes with, uh, Gary Busey's son whose name I can't think of. Jake Busey. Yeah, Jake Busey. Uh, they both have to get sterilized and sprayed where they then put on these clear suits, no gloves, no masks, no hair, nothing, nothing remotely that you would wear in a science, um, lab setting. Or in interacting with an alien of any kind.
0: Yeah, that's and true. And then
1: they've just got guys in military uniforms and with guns in there. They're like, so why did we make them get hosed down and wear rubber suits? And you weren't even going to make them wear gloves while touching the alien.
0: And then there's one point where they're just like running through the uh, the decontamination zone wildly throughout the movie. And you're like, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, and like
1: she can't leave till she gets sprayed down again. You're like. Okay. So she has to get sprayed down, but she she doesn't need to wear a mask or anything. All
0: right. Positive notes on that one though. Jacob Tremblay is a fucking national treasure, and he's like 15 years old. He's awesome in that movie, and you have Keegan Michael Key, who's also great as well, and then Olivia Munn. So it's got like a pretty decent cast, and then Thomas Jane uh, is uh, that's the dude, main dude from The Mist. Um, that he's we, doing stuff. Yeah. So like the cast is there. I, I I do kind of like the premise, you know, uh Jacob Tremblay's character kind of uh calls Predator to Earth because he receives that package from his dad, I think by accident or something. Yeah. Because he sends off that piece of alien equipment to and it gets his son and he accidentally calls Predator, you know, to he Earth. starts
1: messing with it. So it's like it's like an autistic kid who really likes technology. Yeah.
0: And it yeah and it's pretty cool uh it's a pretty cool setup and i remember being like i don't get the hate for this but then it just slowly goes downhill like you're like oh this is this is good i don't understand why this has a low rating and then it just keeps going and then stupid decisions happen you're just like oh yeah okay i get it yeah the problem is is if
1: you you could take the predator out switch it with a different alien would not have affected the plot yeah um what the hell's the point of having a Predator movie if the Predator is interchangeable with any other alien?
0: It just felt more like a movie with a Predator in it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't feel like a movie about the Predator. It was like, here, there's a sci-fi movie, and he's just like, you know, he, it felt more sci he not He was not the main character of the story.
1: Yeah, like Prey, obviously, mostly focuses on the girl in it, Um, but you feel like she would have to be going against the Predator. Yeah. There is nothing else she could be going against. Um you feel his presence throughout the film. It made sense. This was just like action movie... We slapped a Predator on it, so that way we could call it a Predator Call movie. it, yeah,
0: so we could do another movie. Um, but, yeah, it's like Paranormal, paranormal Activity Next of Ken. If you would have just named it something else and changed the alien, it might have been a better movie. But the fact that it was linked to the Predator universe, you're like, this doesn't really feel like a Predator movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So you would go Prey, Predator, Predators, Predator 2, AVP, and then what?
1: And then tie. The other ones tie the other ones okay, yeah. It's not cool. Okay, but for alien movies,
0: am I going? I was yeah. Go ahead. Okay, uh, so yeah, predator movies. Uh, there's a few. There's is there, no, yeah. There's a couple that. I hadn't seen, I don't know about you, I hadn't seen Predators or The Predator before.
1: I hadn't seen The Predator.
0: Okay, so there's a couple new ones in there for me, um, but yeah, that's my definitive list. Uh, oh, ranking. I hadn't
1: seen the second AVP. Oh, Rick, we um, I kind of wish I still hadn't seen it.
0: So. <laughs> I'll be sure to watch that one without you. Yeah, please. Uh, so that's the seven films in the Predator universe, and then we go over to the Alien universe, and here is my definitive ranking on those. I didn't give you my ratings on the Predator movies because I need to go back and watch Prey because uh, I think I'm going to alter some things here because I don't like the way it looks with my ratings. So I'll give you the ratings for Alien, the Alien franchise. There's eight movies. Number one on my list would be Aliens, James Cameron, 1986, four and a half stars. Then right below that would be the original Alien, four and a half stars as well. I think they're both masterpieces in their own way. Uh, Aliens is like a sci-fi epic with a whole gaggle of amazing stars and celebrities, just killing the fuck out of like all these aliens. And then uh, the first alien is much more contained one-on-one situation with Sigourney Weaver and the one alien on board. So I think they're both equal. They're just like, you know, they're, I like them for different, completely different reasons, Mm -hmm. but I feel they're the same rating. So four and a half stars for both of those. Then third would be Prometheus four stars. Uh, I really enjoy this. Uh, A lot of people were upset with this one because there weren't any aliens in it, but this was how aliens came about which is why AVP gets the rating it does cuz it kind of shits all over uh Prometheus even though AVP did come first. So, they weren't really pla- they weren't really- I, think I guess technically Prometheus is shitting on AVP because it came out
1: after, you know what I mean? I think the problem was because they had a versus film uh that be- you know AVP decided Predators we kind of established where they're from. Um AVP decided we will de- we will make aliens backstory and we will decide that and it c- creates so many plot holes with the already existing alien oh movies. yeah for sure like why in god's name are we calling them aliens if they've been on this planet the whole time and if all of this happened, this would not be the first mention. They they should not be shocked that aliens exist. These particular aliens, by the time we get to the first alien film, like the A V P backstory, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so. it,
0: it doesn't. And I'm I'm gonna say that uh, Pr- Prometheus is gonna be the a- you know like the actual how the aliens came about because that was done by Ridley Scott. Prometheus and Alien Covenant were done by Ridley Scott, the same guy who did. The original Alien, because like I said, James Cameron did Aliens, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that Prometheus and Alien Covenant are gonna be you know it it they're in the same universe as Alien, Aliens, Alien Three and Alien Four because yeah, A V P just kind of does its own thing, so that's uh, number three for me because I, I really enjoy it. I think it's got a fantastic cast. It's just it's just really it's a really good story to how the Alien came about, and of course you do see one in the movie obviously at the very end after it got created. So that's a four star for me. Uh, then right after that, we have alien covenant three and a half. It's not the greatest one, obviously, but it's a lot of fun. It's very gory, which is something that, um, I mean, I'd say aliens is pretty gory. This was just, I'd say this was definitely the bloodiest one. And uh, like the most like primitive alien. Cause they were just like, just being born stuff like that. And they were just ripping people apart. The CG, however, it's not that great. And that's probably why it doesn't get the four is because it was very wonky, especially for five years ago. Yeah. So that's a three and a half. Below that, we've got Alien 3 at a three star. And then we've got AVP Requiem, AVP at two and a half. And then we have Alien Resurrection down at a two because that one is just not good. It's just not good. It's the only one I don't like is Alien 4 or Alien Resurrection. Sorry. Hmm. Um, did you make a list or could we get down to a list here for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. So I would agree alien to alien.
0: Okay. So aliens, alien. Yep.
1: Yeah. Aliens, alien. Um, then I would say alien covenant.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cause I, I, I told
1: you that David was giving villain energy, all of Prometheus and it always bothered me that that never came to anything. Yeah. So the having a whole film, where you finally get to see that come to fruition. Oh, I love... Like, you're like, this is exactly what I wanted.
0: I love Unhinged David. It's Michael it's, Fassbender's an amazing yeah, actor. and it's Michael Fassbender, too, and uh, there's even one scene in that movie where he makes out with himself. It is wild.
1: Yeah, I really like him in the the newer version of Jane Eyre.
0: I've never um, seen that, but okay, so I, I figured Covenant was next, and then Prometheus?
1: Yeah, then Prometheus. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to say... I, oh, it's two, really yeah, hard to put three and four next to each other because I
0: three is I like three.
1: Three has some better points, but there's a whole rapey undertone that goes the whole film that is just mentally exhausting. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a woman, but knowing that at some point that the number of times the insinuated she was gonna get raped and then the attempted rape on her, I was like. Holy crap, guys. We got it. It it's, is uh, a planet full of men. We. Yeah. And then the way she um, offed herself was just uh, hilariously bad uh, effect work.
0: Well, yeah, it was a, it's fucking 1990. Well, but I she mean, fell for a good five
1: minutes for the distance she fell, and all they did was take the image of her falling and just shrink it. Yeah. And it was so sad. It was I'm 92. Like, how many stories up do you think? She's right above it. Why is why is she falling for so long? It was a second.
0: Dramatic effect, okay?
1: Yeah, well, God. they should have dramatic effect measured the height. Um, Listen,
0: I don't want to hear you talk shit about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, not that David Fincher. I know he's like disowned this film, but I do like him as a But,
1: <laughs> but the other one was just silly. Um, I, it's I, a fucking clone of like of uh, Ripley. Of Ripley's care. clone is such a like hardcore bitch. I kind of enjoyed that she was just like, I'm a little crazy. I have no feelings. Oh no, I yeah. And um, what was the
0: amount of money that they like dump trucked at her she, door? She
1: said they brought a um, truckload of money truckload, to her, her yeah. house. And that's why she did it. Because um, I was
0: wondering, I'm like, oh, man, I get the first two, three. All right. But four. How did you? Oh, money. The chaotic yeah, makes-
1: pace of that one. I, I just enjoyed. <laughs> um, I did tell you so I didn't. Stupid. I did. Well, it's funny because we had talked about the guy in the wheelchair and that and how I remembered him from delicatessen. And I was like, yeah, wheelchair. Yeah, the guy in the wheelchair, the French guy, little squashy face. Fuck. Huh. In Resurrection?
0: Oh, in Resurrection. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You. Sorry.
1: Uh the chaotic energy of Resurrection. Um the French guy in that. I was like, "Oh, he's from Delicatessen." And I was like, "Oh, the guy that directed Delicatessen directed this. I see now." Mm. Um and yeah, that I totally could see how the the, the directors like touch on stamp on that one like his uh vibe on that one which is probably why i enjoyed it a little more um because i actually really liked all
0: right well aliens alien alien covenant prometheus alien three and then or no no you didn't say alien three so what's after prometheus for you
1: Mm, gonna go resurrection oh whoa, whoa
0: resurrection I really. Resurrection over three? The
1: sheer number of times they insinuated she was going to get raped was just too many. Like, we get it.
0: So, uh, Resurrection and then what? You got two AVPs and Alien three.
1: Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, come on. Three AVP, AVP, two in the trash can next to the list. Oh, shut up. All right, now the ultimate. It was so stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know you like it, but, like, I don't care that they killed a kid. Whatever. Cool, you killed a kid. Um, There was just such an unnecessary number of we killed these people for shock value. Like, not we killed them for the plot. We just killed them, so you'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that in a movie. Like, yeah, by kill six or seven of that, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're just killing all these people to make me say, oh, my God, like, Yikes, all those kills don't make up for bad writing.
0: Hey, uh Strange Wilderness is the dumpster shit movie, and it's hilarious, so I watch it all. I love that movie, but it's fucking stupid, it makes no sense, oh, God, story sucks, but it's so goddamn hilarious.
1: Can I spoil the, the AVP no. second one? Okay, Um. well, fine. The way it ends <laughs> is so fucking bleak, and the fact that it takes about 10 seconds to resolve that and be like, all right happy things are going to get better ending music i'm like i'm i'm sorry based on how the the events that just transpired 10 seconds ago how are we just fine now
0: i don't know i can just look past shit and just have fun with a movie no matter how stupid it is guilty pleasure movies
1: also where the hell were the eggs that they were carrying all those uh, face snatchers in don't care just fucking face huggers face huggers whatever you weirdo face huggers (laughs) Where, was the alien just like carrying the that shit in his
0: arms? All like, right, we, in her arms. We we get it. You don't like it. All right. Jeez, we need a shit all over it. Rude.
1: I mean, I could go on.
0: Great. Maybe go on to yourself or to someone else. Uh huh. Go off to yourself. That, that sounded weird. Anyways, now we have to have the ultimate discussion. Who would win in a fight Alien versus Predator? And I'm going Alien, alien. all yeah. fucking day. And you want to know why people of Earth? And that's because if you watch these movies back to back like we did, fucking Alien is a goddamn survivor. It will not say no to being extinct as a species. It will do whatever the fuck it can to possibly continue. And Predator kind of just gave off some, yeah, you know, it's kind of like kind of gave off. I don't know. Lazy vibes maybe i don't know i don't know Uh, what it was but alien for sure
1: um yeah predator's motivation is on being the best they're a warrior race yeah they want to dominate
0: the aliens and Um, such and such
1: aliens however are the xenomorphs let's oh yeah sorry sorry xenomorphs uh the xenomorphs are focused purely on survival and consumption they only need one to survive to continue forward And there's that bit in the second film where they are being cut off from what they know as a food supply um, down that like utility shaft where they've put um, turrets to stop the uh, auto turrets. yeah. Yeah. And they send alien after alien after alien down that tunnel until it's depleted. Because they are determined to survive no matter how many they have to sacrifice. Yeah. Whereas predators, like one dude, one predator fails. He's like, Well, fuck you guys, I'm blowing myself up. You're like. Well, yeah, and remember in A-
0: What? In AVP too, when they you know, they would constantly show their dominance by breeding aliens and killing them. And then if aliens started to like they're like, Oh fuck, they're starting to win, they would just blow the planet up or whatever. And you're like what Or they would death like, before yeah. dishonor? Apparently so, so you're like, okay, so what happens if you don't realize all the predators on the planet, when you blow it up, then there goes your entire species. You know what I mean? It's, it was so weird. So yeah, the uh, aliens will to survive is unmatched. We don't even know, you know, they don't even go into where these predators come from their home planet, uh, how they are created. We have no idea about that. I know how aliens are created. And they ain't never going to stop. So,
1: and, um, Honestly, it...
0: No disrespect to Predator, of course. I love the movies. Once you
1: start thinking about it and asking questions, AVP makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) Because you're like, okay, so they've enslaved them. They've been doing this for thousands of years. The only difference is, is this time, people are in there that don't belong in there. They've only marginally affected the events of the film, like between the... Aliens versus the, uh, or sorry, the Predators versus the Xenomorphs, but the Xenomorphs have no problem getting in everywhere. The Predators are literally destroying this supposed pyramid that they built,
0: Yeah.
1: um, to do this. Like who's rebuilding that afterwards? Also, the, who are they showing their dominance to the aliens? I don't understand what, like, what, if, like who, if you've got three guys, but you've got this queen on a fucking conveyor belt system to create new, um. Aliens, like, how many of these are the are these predators supposed to kill? And also, um, why are you making so fucking many of them? And you're destroying the place you built to do this. Like, what are we doing? What is the point of this? What's the
0: motivation?
1: Like, it doesn't make any sense. What's the mechanics? Because apparently, it only took one smart xenomorph to shut that whole system down and break the queen out. And you're telling me in thousands of years, it took thousands of years for one alien to get the other aliens moving on that? Yeah. Yikes.
0: Oh, Go wait. Ahead. Sorry, I misspoke. I'm th- I just thought about it. I remember the predators came down to the people on Earth already that were there and gave them like their technology and helped them build shit. So yeah. they were showing their dominance to them. But like no one fucking asked you to do that. We get your dominant You came down from the fucking sky. We live here on Earth. Have no idea of your technology. I don't think you need to assert your dominance by killing things that you brought to Earth and are creating.
1: <laughs> also, I what? think we've established as a primitive race, uh, they would have just totally annihilated whoever was the warrior that fought them. Yeah. And they wouldn't have enslaved anybody. Right. They've never done that in any other film except this film. They're like, well, they've enslaved people. When Yeah, what? not even on their own <laughs> fucking uh hunting planet do they ever do that? They have their their weird dogs in the predator um oh god they have their Ooh, completely man. different type of dog did in we, the predator Did we to, like, talk predators?
0: About, did we t- uh they don't have dogs in yeah, they had the, remember
1: those things that were like chasing them around.
0: Yeah, but they were—they didn't look like predators. They, they didn't look—they didn't have the predator on the dog. That's like, why pred- I said the yeah. different kind of dog. Yeah, uh, did we talk about that
1: at all? The dreadlock dogs. The now.
0: dreadlock dogs. Yeah, that like would go do the fucking predators' bidding. Like, I'm, since when do you need a dog to go do your shit? They just—they've always just handled it themselves. I thought that was a very—that's why I was like, this doesn't feel like predator. Why would he have a little dog go and? Like, he's the fucking high-tech it's fighting machine. It's literally to
1: cause other instances oh, of... I, I, it's it's I literally know. just I to know. make more room for action without actually having to engage the Predator. Oh, no,
0: I know. I, I get it for movie purposes, but you're just like, this makes no sense.
1: It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't
0: make any sense. So, uh, yeah, if, I, if you had to pick a franchise... Okay, one franchise stays, the other franchise is wiped off the map. I'll
1: we'll probably keep Alien. Yeah. There's more variety.
0: Yeah. A lot more high-caliber... Cali- high movies too i have a lot of higher rated alien movies than i do predator so if
1: i keep one film out of all of them prey. it'd probably be prey <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah
0: okay we're on on the same boat with that um so yes there you go there you have it we believe alien would win out of AB, abp keep alien but if it came down to one movie keep prey um should we get to hhn then real quick before yeah All right. Well, as you may or may not know, HHN Orlando started this past weekend. Halloween Horror Nights. Yes. Halloween Horror Nights. for Yes. Uh, Hollywood starts this week, I believe. Um, So we went to opening night on Friday and skipped Saturday because we forgot how much it can, like, take out of you. Like, oh, my God. And then we went Sunday. So we, uh, you know, we have frequent fear express passes. So we were able to hit all 10 houses both nights. And we've come up with some, uh, like, uh... Like we're kind of raiding the houses, and we're gonna tell you our thoughts and feelings on them, and we'll have to do this quickly.
1: Yeah, they but, extended the lines this year. Just a heads up. Who
0: um, did they?
1: Uh, I personally had about fifteen thousand steps by the end of the night, and yeah. uh, I think Sunday nights when my I took off my sock and there was blood on my feet. And yeah, that I was, was that like that was fun. <laughs> we we're like, oh, my feet hurt more. My feet hurt more. Like, well, my feet were apparently bleeding. So
0: yeah, I guess you win. It's fine. Uh, so yes, we are, we have, uh, so there's 10 houses. I came up with 10 different rankings. Uh, we were going to try to do one per, but it's kind of hard to do that. So the ones we don't mention that we listed, we will, uh, talk about separately. So, uh, let's go here. All right. So there's four IPs. There are six original houses. Like I said, I have 10 little lines here that we're going to go down and, uh, we'll start with you uh what was your scariest house over the weekend
1: um was it descendants of destruction
0: descendants of destruction yeah yeah that one okay yeah
1: uh i got there were some scares in there where i was like oh an open space and then someone jumped on at me and i'm like holy shit okay yeah yeah Uh, they had some fun scares I really enjoyed that.
0: Okay. Well, I actually keep track. I I, have, I keep a lot of track of stuff, like how many times we've gone through each house, the scare factor, wow factor. I keep track of everything. And I also keep track of how many scares I get per house. So I am literally just going off of the scares I got in each house. Uh, so that's actually a tie between Legends Collide and Halloween. So those two, I got the most scares. And so therefore scariest to me because I'd either jumped the most or exclaimed, something um so least scariest house yours hell block really Hellblock? okay i told you i was so i think you got some bad run-throughs on both of those or both times so
1: but also i was so distracted by the fact that there was so because it's supposed to be i looked it up um, it's an ale. it's a creature prison. That's why there's so many different creatures. Yeah, I know. I told you that. You no, know, you just said, uh, I think they're invading the prison or something. I, so said I, it's a bunch-
0: I said, it's a bunch of monsters that have, uh, invaded the cell block.
1: Yeah. Except it's their cell block. They are the prisoners. Oh uh, yeah. The fact that that true. doesn't really read well, um, was so distracting and, um, I just couldn't like focus because there were just every room every character had a different mask there was no really cohesive design saying, and that you, really bugged the shit out of me
0: well speaking of being bugged my least scariest house was bugs because i got the least amount of scares in that one over two uh run throughs i only got six total scares between that these. was gonna yeah. be my second it on just there. wasn't yeah it's it, it's not really that scary. Um, yeah. Though I
1: really don't like having to walk through the room with all the fake roaches. Yeah,
0: it's not fun. I'm, that I, skeeves me out really it, bad. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, best set design for the IPs. What was uh, your favorite? Like uh, facade? Or no, wait. I think I have that. No, I already have that. Just kidding. So yeah, best set design overall.
1: The weekend was IP, right? Yes. Okay, so I said the weekend. Okay.
0: I said legends because it has a fucking amazing facade. It's got like an Egyptian well, style. Well, there's a
1: facade category.
0: And that's not my favorite okay, facade. Good. Is that yours? now so then fucking let me talk about it weirdo uh it's got her yeah so it has like uh one of those egyptian kind of style statues i it's not a, it's i thought it was a sphinx but it's got the face of a fox or something or a cat so it's not a sphinx i don't know what it is it's
1: anubis
0: whatever anubis that and it's just it's just very I, it's just very good so i like that one it's a dog. Um, the weekend you like, just, I mean, it is very, uh, very bright, very shiny. and they I just hum-
1: love the sheer number of light effects in there. Yeah. It's just like absolutely wild. That's
0: fair. That's uh, fair. Okay, best set design for original. I think we're probably going to have the same one here. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're up. Descendants of Destruction. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I went Dead Man's.
1: See, I almost put that on here. I have it in other places, but I only said that because to fit that many... Um, fake train cars because it's a um, New York subway system. And to really get that underground, tra- like under the subway vibe, I thought they did a great job and like great use of mirrors to make you feel like you were walking through crashed subway cars. And that's really hard to fit that many pieces that are- would have to be that big in such a small tent.
0: Okay, well, yeah, we'll get there because that's down on my list. Uh, So yours... Okay, so yours was Descendants. Mine was Dead Man's because I... Went through that entire house, mouth agape, just wide-eyed, like, holy shit, the attention to detail in Dead Man's uh, Pier is, it is literally probably the most, I think it's the most gorgeous house I've ever seen, next to, like, Dead Waters, because Dead Waters had a beautiful facade as well, with a giant uh, paddle boat, I think they're called, from, like, Louisiana. But Dead Man's Pier is, it's, like, winter-themed. And everything's frozen. Winter's
1: Tale is uh, Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Tale. Okay,
0: yeah. it's Everything's like frozen and icy, and it's just like the Scare Zone from 2016, I believe. But it's just so goddamn pretty. So uh, that's mine. Your fa- uh, your best facade.
1: Dead Man's Pier. Okay, Dead um, Man's Because Pier. that, that yeah, whole like a- entrance to that little uh, village, you it's immediately cool. know what you're getting into. Like They did a great job nailing that concept because it's really easy to go simple in the front, and they did not do that.
0: Yeah, they went business up front, party in the back. Uh, My best, my favorite facade was Chupacabra just because you walked in and it literally looks like you're looking down onto a small little Mexican village. There's so much height going on. There's all these uh, colors because it's the, you know, the festival, the Chupacabra. They're lighting up fireworks. It is so, I walked in, I was just like, holy shit. Like, dude, they they pulled out all the stops this year. And then they have a couple really shit facades I want to talk about that I'm not impressed with uh
1: like
0: who uh, do you want me to say it go ahead halloween like oh what my the god fuck? it's like i understand that when you go through the house then you do you you know you get the like the facade of the house and they yeah. already did the facade of the house when they did it way back when in 24 i think but like it, you just walk in it's like this room i'm like it's
1: actually what part of a hallway yeah, it's into a room hall- i'm like this is really kind of lame guys and I but, thought that too, and I get that they're doing this is the intro to the movie before it's it cuts. Fine. To, I I thought that was a fun concept, but the facade should have been a lot stronger, and it's really weak um, compared to the others. That's what I'm
0: saying. Like not that not that I'm complaining about it. It's just like after like after Dead Man's Descendants, like all these houses, even Bugs has a really fun one. You just kind of like have this little like it's just like two walls and it's like a hallway, and you're just like
1: okay, I mean. And they're small walls, too. Um, It's like a really small entrance. I would have
0: rather them just put the like, because you eventually walk up to the Myers. I think it's the Myers house. Pretty sure. Yeah. I wish they would have just put that up front because that's what they did when it was in the tent location. I think it was 24 or 25. They had it all the way back at one of the where the where bugs was. And they had I think it was that same or something very similar. And I was like, I figured you just walk into that and you walk in and it's in a fucking soundstage too. Halloween is in a soundstage for the first time well i guess the shrek theater is kind of cuz that's where halloween 4 was so kind of but it was in the it was in a tent and then it was in the parade warehouse and then it was in shrek theater so this is the first time in a big sound stage and i was i just was expecting a huge beautiful facade and especially
1: I, considering some of the other like uh s- facades most there were of so, the other ones so much stronger ones like yeah. so many
0: Hellblock is a great one chupacabra dead man's uh blumhouse isn't like strong but it's fun like it's they use but the it's space sleek. Yeah. i would say it's
1: sleek they it's, use
0: the space very well
1: and like even spirits of the coven like you you get a nice like building entrance this was just like seriously it was two pieces of a <laughs> yeah. short hallway like, with what? some decor and then you walk into a bedroom you're like and it's black curtain on either yeah. side
0: yeah so it's not that great uh, favorite IP overall, just overall, not scare wise or set wise, just overall favorite IP The weekend. Okay. Mine was Blumhouse. Uh, I felt like I was literally in the movie for freaky and black phone. It was very well told. Um, so I, I just, I thought they did a, a perfect job with that. Uh, favorite original,
1: um, uh, wait well you got to say why well, you liked yours and i didn't even say we that already thought, oh so, okay we're
0: well, sorry we already talked about the weekend my bad no oh,
1: yeah uh <laughs> no again it's just because they had so much going on a lot of energy um yeah this was an instance where the uh, whole um monster situation kind of keeps shifting but it feels like a progression mm. which was really cool and i thought they did a great job, like working in the music, the music videos, you know, I th- it was just a really strong house. And I think people did not give it enough credit um, before it came. So I, I want to see th- what people are thinking now.
0: I've actually heard a couple people, one guy that came up in line behind us and was talking uh, how he liked The weekend, and then some random guy just heard, overheard, he's like, yeah, I thought The weekend House was going to suck, but it was a lot of fun. I'm like, yeah. I fucking, heard that guy, too. Fucking don't knock shit, everyone. Like, do it and then have an opinion, because you can't talk shit about something you've never done. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. So yeah, I I really liked the weekend. I thought it was a lot of fun. Plus the music is thumping. So, uh, that's true. favorite IP we just did favorite original,
1: Fiesta de Chupacabra.
0: Yeah, that's a really good one.
1: It was so much like I the I honestly went in and I was like I can't I don't know what they're gonna do with this. Like honestly, the, it sounds a little silly, but you know I don't know what it's gonna be. So I'm just gonna see what happens. And then the the way they worked that out it's like the Chupacabras there, but it's the other people. Um, People who are attacking you yeah. uh, because of it, the Fiesta de Chupacabra. Like, that was great. Got a lot of scares. The sets were beautiful. The fact that you, like, walk into that city, and then at one point you end up in the square of the city. Just, like, so cool. And the Chupacabra was a big rat dog.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, usually, you know, houses are dark and hard to see in. This one was, like, lit up and bright. There were so many colors. And so many colorful fireworks, yeah, fireworks effect, firework effects, so many colorful masks, and they have like puppets in that house with that, you know, as the chupacabra. It's just way good, yeah, way good. Uh, my favorite originals definitely Descendants, just because of pretty much what you said about how it's in a tent location, and I would swear it was a soundstage with how they were able to pull off the height, like, there's one. That one scene where there is literally a subway car that is above you and it has crashed and it's like on top of another—it's so well done. And uh, I thought it was going to be kind of a ripoff of Dead Exposure, but it couldn't be anything different. It's yeah, there's a subway scene, but it's completely different. But it's it,
1: more like Mad Max mole people.
0: Yeah, I really like that one. It's it's just a lot of fun. Pretty much like every house this year is is just very well done. Uh, even if if they don't have like a great facade or it's not that scary, it's it's still. They're still all solid. Uh, so favorite, oh no, sorry. Uh, one that surprised you,
1: um, in a good way. It was Fiesta.
0: Oh, okay, fair. I mean, like yeah. I said, I you didn't know what didn't, to expect yeah. from
1: that, and I was blown away. Um, though on the opposite end, uh, the one that surprised me in a bad way was Coven. Yeah, yeah that one was not. I wanted great. so much more, especially after all the other houses we went yeah. through.
0: Uh, One that surprised me was Legends, the uh, Universal Monsters one, because they've had, they've done two Universal Monsters houses before, and they've been very well themed, and the set designs are great, they just haven't really been my favorite, but this one was so much fucking fun, for me at least, and they have a great set, and the scares are really good, they've got a lot of good triggers and cues and sound effects going on, so that one surprised me the most, just because it's the third iteration of it, and I was expecting to be like, all right, yeah, let's... Let's wrap these up because I'm getting tired of them. But this is probably my favorite Legend you know, or uh, Universal Monsters house. So
1: I need to give it some more time because the first time I went through, no. didn't see any werewolves or any vampires. It was supposed to be mummy, werewolf, vampire. Didn't see anyone. So all I saw was mummies. And I'm literally thinking, oh, this is going to be like those other houses where it's cut into sections. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I keep waiting for something else, and then we get to the end, um, and then I'm out of the house, and I'm like, oh, oh, they, I'm like, yeah. I'm turning around, I'm like, oh, okay, they were supposed to be in the house. Second time, saw two werewolves, one vampire, and a fuck ton of mummies, and I was like, I, okay, you guys gotta pepper them in here a skosh more because yeah. the fact that I didn't see Dracula till. Nine tenths of the way through the house like damn he's late to the game does it really count if he shows up at the end I think
0: you're just getting bad timing on some of these houses
1: yeah I'd like to try that one again because um, I well, think my favorite going to for sure yeah well my favorite moment of that was the one the first time we went through and the werewolf was holding up the head at the end of the house and um, he just held it up and looked at me and I f- did finger guns at him so he did a finger gun with the hand that wasn't holding the head. And that was my favorite moment oh, okay. of that house.
0: Uh, overall favorite of all i you know all, all houses IP's originals. Overall favorite.
1: I'm gonna say Fiesta.
0: Wow, well, I'm gonna go Halloween. It's just that it's it just makes it the best haunted house.
1: I'm so just, It just
0: it's such a good haunted house. I don't care.
1: I, I don't haven't care. wanted to say this because I've liked the other Halloweens, but this one felt subpar next to some of the other ones. And frankly. Everyone who's playing Michael is a very tiny man. Um and some of those guys that they put those uh in as Michael look like they're swimming in their uh coveralls.
0: I don't know. I just it's just a perfect haunted house. It just it, tra- like it th- translates so well to haunted houses and I love the the cues they use with like the blades like the shing and I don't know. It's just great. I
1: liked for is for the one with the with Jamie Yes. Okay. I like that house better.
0: Halloween 2 was definitely the best Halloween house they've done, but I still, I don't know. I just, I love Halloween as a house. It's just so iconic. Uh, Least favorite? Coven. Oh, wow. Bugs for me. I just.
1: Spirits of the Coven was so, well, and I think it. Well, you were
0: hyped for that one, so I think. I was so
1: excited. It was witches and a speakeasy and I get that they were like we're gonna take you down into the tunnels where you'll see what really happens behind this witch run speakeasy but for being witch speakeasy there was about 10 seconds you were one tiny room with a bar and then there were random people who were like are they witches or are they just like crazy and then there's like a lady eating another guy's face they're like oh the okay the cannibal witches and the facade or like the sets really didn't start getting good till the very end of the house yeah and you're just like hmm i kind of wanted more from this because by the end it's just a bunch of people in scary old witch masks popping out at you
0: yeah it just kind of like i told you it felt like the witch uh section of scary tales just into a whole house
1: yeah it was uh Really lackluster considering all of the um, other houses like Dead Man's and Fiesta and Descendants. Like those sets were so cool. The ideas were really fleshed out. That's the other reason I didn't like Hellblock is because, well, you had such strong other houses. Like these two felt like they didn't quite have a full plan in motion. Like hell, even Bugs. Is that one not that scary? Yeah, but it's very campy. It's very silly. And you 100% cannot miss the vibe of the house. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, like you totally get what's happening. Totally get the aesthetic. um, And it's it's a strong aesthetic. It just was, it's very, it's more cheesy than anything.
0: Yeah, I think the only one we didn't really mention anything. Well, no, we mentioned Hellblock. Hellblock, Coven, Fiesta, Dead Man's, Halloween, Blumhouse, Descendants, Bugs. The weekend, Legends Collide. All right. Yeah, we mentioned all of them. Perfect. Yes, we did. Cool. So yeah, that's happening now until August, ugh, until uh, October 31st. And then uh, Universal, HHN, and Hollywood starts this weekend, I believe. So go check that out while well, you can. Let's get on to this movie. It is time to talk about Flatliners uh, from 1990, released on August 10th of that year. You weren't even born yet. I was like six months old.
1: Will was two days old. He
0: was two days old.
1: And Heather was negative 13 days old.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, This movie is rated R for moderate sex and nudity, moderate violence and gore, moderate profanity, 14 fucks, mild alcohol, drugs and smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. Uh, Runtime of an hour and 55 minutes listed as a drama, horror, sci-fi, thriller.
1: Sorry, I was just thinking the moderate nudity is really just because of the occasional boob that pops up in one sequence. Yeah, moderate. (laughs) Just You're like, is that a boob? Yeah.
0: Random Boobs, Uh, drama, horror, sci-fi, thriller, directed by Joel Schumacher, who has 37 directing credits, also did Phantom of the Opera 2004, Batman and Robin, and Phone Booth.
1: I like when it started, I said this reminds me of like Lost Boys meets St. Elmo's Fire. And then it turned out he directed both of those. And I was he like, did both oh, of those, yeah. I am in fact picking up what he's putting down.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't fucking seen Phone Booth is so good, Colin Farrell and uh um <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Awesome.
1: Whoa. Um, and now uh, I have to show no. you Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Oh, let's check that shit. Go ahead.
0: What? Go ahead. Oh, I'm sure it has a better rating, but is it better to me? No. Lost Boys overrated. I'm sorry. Uh, I've said this.
1: It is not. I've said this. Are are you looking up Lost Boys? Stupid. Yeah, obviously.
0: All right. What does it have?
1: It's taking longer to take than I thought. (laughs) Jesus.
0: 3.7. Phone booth, 3.2. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. I told you I knew it was going to be better rated. I'm just not a fan of it. Moving on. I'll watch it again at some point. Moving on. A Uh, two and a half?
1: A two and a
0: half. I told you it was okay.
1: I'm fucking fired. It was okay. Anyway.
0: I'm sorry. It was mediocre at best. Uh, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, I did that already. Written by Peter Filardi, who has eleven writing credits. Also did the Craft, Salem's Lot, 2004 miniseries, and ten episodes of Chapel. Wait, never the fuck that is. Composed by James Newton Howard, who has 177 composer credits, so he's done a thing or two. Also did King Kong from 2005, The Sixth Sense, and Nightcrawler, which I recently showed you and you yes, liked. Did. Cinematography by Jan DeBond, I believe he's French with that last name, I think, who has 67 cinematographer credits. Also did Cujo, Die Hard, and Basic Instinct, so these guys have done some awesome things. Starring Kiefer Sutherland as Nelson Wright, 104 acting credits. Also in a little movie called *The Lost Boys* as David, *Phone Booth* as the callers and or as the caller, and *Mirrors* as Ben Carson. Wow,
1: well, you're not gonna name his most popular thing ever?
0: No, I'm doing horror movies and also the movie that f- *Phone Booth* that fucking what's his face directed. So I'm trying to keep it to- like on on point on topic. Oh my God, what?
1: geez sorry 24 what 24 it's jack Uh,
0: holy shit great great for fucking jack bauer julia roberts as dr rachel manis sassy pants over there 68 i thought she had more acting credits than that she only has 68 she's picky uh also been in a movie called pretty woman as vivian ward aaron brockovich as aaron brockovich and closer as anna got kevin bacon david labraccio 103 acting credits Also in Footloose is Ren. Friday the 13th as Jack and Tremors as Valentine McKee. And we've got William Baldwin. Yes, that Baldwin related to Alec and Steven and Joe. One of the
1: lesser Baldwins.
0: He is Joe Hurley. 94 acting credits. Also in Backdraft is Brian McCaffrey. Virus is Steve Baker and Sliver or Silver Sliver as Zeke Hawkins. And we've got... One of my favorite actors, underrated actor, Oliver Platt as Randy Steckle, 98 acting credits, also in The Three Musketeers as Porthos, Lake Placid as Hector Sire, and Bicentennial Man as Rupert Burns. Are you, did you want me to say Kiefer Sutherland was in The Three Musketeers? I really do. Okay, well, he was in The Three Musketeers with Oliver Platt.
1: That's right, he was. As
0: like Vorthos or Vorthos. Porthos? No, no, no. Athos Oliver Platt Porthos is Porthos. There you go. And then we've got Kimberly Scott as Winnie Hicks. 77 acting credits also in The Abyss as Lisa. One Night Standing. Wait, what the fuck? One Night Standing? I don't know what I'm saying. Guess who is Kimbron falling down as Detective Jones? Don't know what that all that shit is. I'm not, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Her name in The Abyss is Lisa. One Night Standing. My bad. The semicolon really fucked me up there. Because it wasn't necessary. Wow. Estimated budget of $26 million. Worldwide box office gross of $64.5 million. Filmed in various parts of Chicago, Illinois, and Los Angeles, California. This is currently on Peacock Premium or a $3.99 rental or $12.99 purchase on Amazon. You can get the Arrow Video Blu-ray from Amazon for like $27 as well. Movies that came out around the same time, we've got Ghost, Arachnophobia, Maniac Cop 2, Presumed Innocent, The Exorcist 3, My Blue Heaven, fantastic movie, and Dark Man. Yeah, that is. Such a great movie. Um, did you have a specific horror moment? I don't, I don't really think I, I mean, maybe I did. Let me see if I wrote mm, one down. No. Oh, yeah, the pickaxe scene. That was. But like, even then, it wasn't like, oh, it was just kind of, I, I was trying to like grasp at something to... to to put on this um favorite kill uh, there's not i mean there's technically like five kills technically
1: yeah (laughs) like but like
0: but like Uh. but not so i can't really say that a favorite character for me is randy played by oliver platt he's just the most logical um the only one that did not kill himself in this movie so Uh. that's my favorite plus it's oliver platt he's like super sassy
1: I know. I, I always <laughs> love Oliver Platt and anything I see him in. Um, and we just watched him in uh, Ready to Rumble. Um, well, yeah, that's right. He I liked that. Rachel Julia Roberts' character. I appreciated that literally every guy's hitting on her, and she's like, "Big mistake, huge." N- no. Oh. You ruined my setup. My the thing I was gonna say. <laughs> Go ahead. She's like, "No, fuck off!" Like every like guy no makes like. Winky little faces like, "So, do you want to go out sometime?" and she's like, eh, "Leaves."
0: Yeah, I mean, she does. She pretty much is not interested in anybody except for Kevin Bacon apparently. Spoilers. Uh, this movie's fucking 32 years old. Oh. It's not even really a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. Uh my your uh hold on. Least favorite character for me was definitely, let me make sure. Oh wait. Did I put the wrong person? Oh no no that's right I changed mine I had I had Joe Hurley down because he's kind of a shitbag sleeping with all those women but then I changed it to Nelson because he was kind of a cunt at the end I'm just gonna yeah. say, just gonna say it he kind of like had uh villain energy towards the end and I'm like you're kind of being a dick right now I don't like you so I switched it from Joe to Nelson
1: yeah it's funny because it's like you could have a character like Joe who is gross as a person just like gross shitbag yeah and then you bring someone in like nelson keifer sutherland's character who really um steps it up a notch by not only being egotistical selfish paranoid but then really letting you know how um he really only cares about himself and uh, not what he's doing to other people. He's really only interested in what he can um, do, no matter what it costs somebody else. There's yeah, exactly. A, it's a different level of uh, fucked up.
0: Yeah, his character art kind of went downhill as opposed to other people's who kind of went, you know, the other way. Yeah. So uh, let me see here. Do, do, do. Oh, did you have a favorite line?
1: Not that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: My favorite one, I think it was Joe that said it. He was like, yeah, they'll build monuments to do, monuments to you. Little stone, um, stone towers about this high that say, rest in peace. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I think that was Joe's character. That was a really funny moment. Uh, IMDB summary is five medical students experiment with near-death experiences until the dark consequences of past tragedies, tragedies, I can speak, begin to jeopardize their lives. So we've got like 20 minutes. Go,
1: yeah. Okay, um, so
0: oh, I was, I was I was trying to jinx you. Sorry, you
1: trying to mess me up <laughs> all the time. To jinx you. I'm gonna do this to the best of my ability.
0: <laughs> oh God, I don't like hearing that. You're my uh, rock, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> okay, starts with a sweeping view of water as we zoom in on land. Um, a Joel Schumacher horror uh, staple, apparently. Um. So, you did mess me up. Sorry. So, it starts, it zooms in on Nelson, Kiefer Sutherland. I'm going to call them by their actor names because the names get confusing. There's so many people. Um, starts with Kiefer Sutherland's character saying, Today is a good day to die. And smiling and then walking off. It's a very crisp fall day. If, you, if you've if you ever seen St. Elmo's Fire, just put it in a spookier, serious atmosphere. I mean, different kind of series. You know what I'm saying. Um, and it's like the same kind of uh, vibe cinematography wise um, up to this point. So we then get introduced to David, who is Kevin Bacon. And he is running around in a hospital. He is trying to help a woman uh, stay alive. Um, They are trying to run down to the, um, down to the OR, but they can't get there fast enough. So he's like, okay, we're just going to do it here. And the nurse says, who's going to perform this surgery? And he's like, I am. And uh, she's like, you can't do that. And he's like, well, I'm already doing it. Um, Which is totally what you want to hear the doctor say while you're um, bleeding out.
0: And I was telling you when they were bringing them in, I'm like, could you imagine being in a hospital where, you know, you're you're on like the verge of life or death and people are just screaming all around you. That is not going to help my anxiety. If I'm about to die. Yeah. Fucking everyone let's whisper, please.
1: So then we meet Rachel, Joe and Randy, um, Julia Roberts, William Baldwin and Oliver Platt, who are all in the um, gross anatomy class where they are um, working on. And also for some reason, Kiefer Sutherland's characters there, like some of these characters are ping ponging all over the place in the beginning of this film. Like, wh- how how many hours are in a day in this world? Um, and they're all kind of talking. Joe is creepily hitting on Rachel, um, asking if she has a man, and she's like, "What?" She's like, "Why the fuck does it even matter?" And um, so he shows her the uh corpse's penis which is extremely respectful to the dead person. Um and she he says what's this and she goes your brain hilarious. Um your other head. Yeah, so then <laughs> Nelson is talking to all of them trying to like say hey are you in are you out and they're all like nope we're out we're not doing this not it's a stupid idea we're not doing this. And then um
0: And then they do it. <laughs>
1: We cut to Rachel, who is um, – she's, like, sitting with people, talking to them about near-death experiences. Like, she's in this hospital. She's in gross anatomy. She's back in this hospital. Like, I don't know what this woman's doing all day. Um, Just kind of discussing near-death experiences um, with these three random people. And then we see Nelson talking to David, who is, for some reason – Oh, Jay. Assume is a setup for having that climbing axe in the back of his uh, like truck, which is a fl- is a literal like military truck with the flat back fabric top thing.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like fucking not even. It's like a tarp.
1: Yeah, like what did you go to the army surplus and they were selling their trucks? Like, right, like
0: we're going out of business. You're, do you want our truck fifty percent off?
1: Yeah, so what for some reason, he is throwing his stuff out of a window um, and scales like rock climbing rope tie scales <sighs> down the building.
0: <laughs> so unnecessary. Like, which is, how like, extra do you need to be?
1: <laughs> very dramatic because they are suspending him from school for performing the surgery earlier in the day.
0: Oh, man.
1: And he also says, fuck no, I'm not doing this. Um, I'm not helping you with this whole um, crazy scheme. And um
0: bunch of shenanigans.
1: Yeah. And then we cut over to Joe, who is banging some woman in his apartment. Um, and we see that he is um he's the only one I think who is agreed to help, even though he thinks the idea is crazy. And um
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so
1: right. uh which we haven't gotten to the idea, but we'll get there in a second. Um and Kiefer Sutherland's character calls over the, uh, oh my God, I forgot the word. The telephone? Not the telephone. Voicemail. Uh word. I can't think of the word. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> answering machine. <laughs> like, what are you, what? It's been so long voicemail, since I've had yeah. to reference answering machines. Just say so voicemail. The answering Whatever. machine goes off while he, Joe's banging this girl and, um, you can hear Kiefer saying something about like "Don't forget your camera tonight," and she says, "What camera?" And I—that's—I don't know why I didn't process till now. That was them insinuating that she had no idea she's being filmed. Yeah. And um, but it's like
0: she wouldn't know that because he was just saying like "Don't forget the camera." And she's like, "What camera?" Like, what does it matter to you? What camera? It's not. This has nothing to do with what you know what I mean. So it was that weir- was legit
1: only a setup for Joe's arc. Oh no, I know because well you can
0: see he he's like looking into the camera while he's having sex with this chick. Like yeah, look at me. I'm gonna watch this later and fucking you know
1: yeah. Burr. Um, Man,
0: that's that's not weird at all. You yeah, apparently remi- he
1: has a whole collection of these. So it's a, it's essentially
0: what it, what it reminds me of is a crossover between Robin Scherbatsky and Dennis from sunny in Philly because Dennis does the same thing with women where he records them and keeps them in this whole archive. And then Robin Trubosky on how he your mother would do that thing, where she would wink to herself in the future while she was doing it with someone. And you're like, what is the, what's the, I don't understand this. Is this just yeah. like, is that something that works for people? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't that feels really
1: weird. It's um, super
0: weird. So I just, yeah. I thought that was funny though. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who enjoys this, but it's weird. Yep. So he's a shit bag right off the start. I, d- I did not like him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um despite everyone saying we're not doing this, uh shockingly, one by one they all show up to what is a it looks like a church that's been abandoned, but it's like under renovation. Was it? Wasn't? Yeah. Oh. Didn't you notice the guys renovating it in the beginning of the film? Oh no, I must have missed that. They were. That's why there was all that construction equipment. So
0: where the fuck were they the entire movie? <laughs>
1: they Did- were only doing this at night.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true.
1: So yeah, that's um true. What they've discussed is Nelson has a brilliant fucking brilliant idea that they are going to uh, stop his heart for 30 seconds and then wait or stop his heart, wait 30 seconds, bring him back. Um, I think in total, it, the process should take them a minute um, before they bring him back to life.
0: Something like that. He goes yeah. through these very detailed instructions that and it's like, we are it, not
1: going to repeat. because no, no, no. that was a lot.
0: No, 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 but it's it sounds great like on paper.
1: Yeah, just because to, you know. he believes that there, if um, he can have a near death experience, he's going to see things on the other side.
0: Well, they're yeah, they're doing this just, you know to know to answer the question like what is what is on the other side? What's out there, man?
1: It's fucking. It's like english majors go to medical school like what is the meaning of life like shut up and do your homework um it's so pretentious (laughs) but they do it they bring him back um and while he but while he's out he sees this field of uh, flowers he sees these kids that look like they're running and laughing um, there's a
0: dog too cute dog
1: and it turns kind of dark blue like then it turns into night and there's this tree and this wind and then it's kind of over and then he kind of talks about the experience in a positive way and how um he thought that was really crazy and um you know he he senses there's something else, something more. So while they're all kind of celebrating that this worked and talking about it and, um, talking about how he's going to be famous and whatnot. Um, and they're filming the whole thing for posterity and, uh, they all go inside this, um, convenience store. He is sitting on the back of the, the army surplus truck of David's and, um, the whole alleyway turns blue. There's this really amazing thing they do with like, when the lights turn an aggressive color, it's mostly blue in one instance, it's red. You know, they're kind of experiencing something otherworldly. So then he starts to see this dog crying and dragging its legs, like like it can't walk, dragging its legs towards him. And he starts to notice it and like sees it. And um, as it comes into focus, he says, champ. And then his his friends come back out. Well, Rachel and Joe were inside. They had a discussion about who would go next. Rachel is determined she wants to go next. She's going to go for like a minute or something. And he says, well, I'm going to go for a minute 30. And um, they pretty much get into a little contest till uh, she or till she doesn't feel like she can go as far as he's going so he's kind of forcing his way in front of her so um
0: which was weird because they did that a few times and i was wondering for what reason
1: um because all of those boys had a crush on that girl and they didn't want the girl to be in danger so they were all being chivalrous despite nobody asking them to be
0: i mean that's nice of them in a but weird, it's in a weird forced way. Forced chivalry yeah. is not
1: actually that nice. If she's in yeah. control of her own decisions and you're forcing her out of her control,
0: that is kind of like gaslighting, I guess.
1: Yeah. In a weird
0: way, it is, you know, yeah. like, I, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it's. It's a, very weird con- line. it's a weird
0: control like a control over that person. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um it's it's not letting her have bodily autonomy, is what it is.
0: There you go. That's a fancy way to say it. I like that.
1: Yeah. So um Joe finally goes. Uh what's interesting is you don't immediately know that Joe's going in the first place. Um
0: Baldwin. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because what you're getting is, and it looks completely different from uh Nelson's point of view, uh what he saw. Um, because you're just kind of seeing the stream of images from like what looks like a water birth, like from the point of view of the kid being picked up by the nurse to um, a boob to a couple um, boobs it was just pans boobs.
0: across random naked women. And I was like, OK, it's but weird. It's,
1: it's this very weird series where the um, at first it's being held uh, like from the point of view of a baby. But then it, like the people keep getting. Progressively older, like you're seeing it through someone else's perspective as they grow up. What I thought was interesting is when this happens, the camera goes from being underneath, like kind of um, worms eye view lower to when they're old enough to stand and walk. It's from Joe's perspective. He's always kind of over the women Mm. on top of them leaning over them just not quite looking at their chest but looking down at them in a very objective kind of way
0: well and there was even some camera angles like that were like looking at their boobs from up top and I was like this is so unnecessary
1: yeah kind of I get it so he comes back out he says um he can't really describe what he experienced but he explains like kind of he's very vague everyone's kind of quiet about what they've, they were seeing yeah and um, while this is happening now, so Nelson has been is, has experienced the dog, and now he's starting to experience this kid Billy. coming in. Yeah, Billy, who Billy keeps, Mahoney, I don't know something, who keeps coming in and um, attacking him. Joe starts to notice these women showing up on screens everywhere, and there are these clips of these women who are um, from his videos. And uh, saying things like, I trusted you, and you said we were something special. Basically, like the bullshit things that guys say to women to sleep with them. And uh, then you also find out Joe's actually engaged, and he has this whole... Um, so he's watching his engagement video, um, which is set in with all of his recordings oh, of women, which is so, so gross. gross. Jinx. Um, and... He is crying because um, you can tell that he is clearly going through something and starting to uh, really experience how he's treated women and starting to feel guilt over that treatment because when he'd like because his near death experience was every woman he's ever come into contact with in his life.
0: Yeah, and I thought I really thought that the engagement video was like a prior thing and maybe the wife had died at first. Until she called him while he was watching the engagement video, and I was like, "Oh, this is happening currently," because I thought he was uh, like for like a split second he was like using all his women to kind of get over the you know maybe like something. Yeah, that's what I thought until like I said she called. and I was like, "Oh, this is happening now. Oh no, this is not good." So yeah, he's really feeling guilty about doing what he's done.
1: Yeah, so this is what he's been experiencing, and that's what Nelson's been experiencing, and they're not saying anything to anyone. They're keeping this stuff to themselves. Yeah. And so then the only person who thinks, like, who continues to think that this is bullshit, they're not believing anything, um, Rachel wants to try to go again. And Kevin Bacon, um, David, sorry. Whatever. Kevin Bacon, um, does exactly what Joe does. He keeps one upping her until, um, she doesn't feel comfortable anymore. Like, they're in the two to three minute range now.
0: Yeah, shenanigans.
1: And uh, it's really starting to piss her off. So she leaves um, and he kind of chases after her. And she's like, yeah, this chivalry bullshit you're all doing, because at this point now he's hitting on her. Nelson's hit on her at one point. Joe's hit on her at one point. I think the Everybody only person that doesn't hit on her is, is Oliver Platt's character. Yeah,
0: Randy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he does.
1: Um, and. uh Randy's like the warrior and the voice of reason and he, but he's also super curious as just why he stays. Yeah. But so he one ups her and um, he's like, I'm going next. Um, If anything, I have to go because I'm, I don't believe in anything. So I don't think there's going to be anything here. So um, they are going to start his test. Um, Nelson comes in looking like he's been beat to shit. They're like, what the fuck happened to you? And he's like, oh, these big burly guys jumped me. Except it's this child, tiny little kid, who seems to be attached to whatever he was um, imagining um, or whatever he saw. In Which his is weird because it's it,
0: it's clearly like the kid is a ghost, but it's have you know it's actually interacting and touching him and hurting him. So you're like, I don't. Is like really, what is? Is this real? Yeah. Or or is he a ghost? Like you don't really know until obviously you you find out what happens. You know, towards the end but it was just kind of weird you don't really know what's going on yeah and
1: yeah. then we get over to um david who goes through his experience it's really interesting because from his perspective it, it's mostly like the world and seeing the events of his day and seeing the events of time it's all very like literal it's not very spiritual right it's almost like watching a recording of what we've just seen um and then it kind of cuts to this like girl we keep seeing this uh, little black girl with braids in her hair um dressed in like a school uniform and um so we don't know what that's about but they bring him back um with some struggle uh and then he starts to see this small black girl who is just like saying all sorts of mean and nasty things and he's confused and didn't you didn't you just say that though yeah, but I'm saying like now he's starting to see.
0: Oh, sorry, gotcha.
1: Um, awake. Yeah. Uh, he like he's on the subway oh, yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. sees this girl on the subway and she starts yelling all kinds of obscenities at him and he's really confused and he doesn't know what's going on. And um but he does again, he doesn't say anything. Everybody's still experiencing all this strange stuff and nobody's saying anything. So we finally Rachel refuses because Nelson decides he wants to go again. And Rachel says if she doesn't get to go, she's out completely. She's not coming back. And all the other guys stand with her. Nelson goes on a full ego trip. Just like, I brought you in on this. And now you're trying to horn in on my thing. And they're like, bro, you you couldn't have done it without any of us. Like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> right. Excuse me. Nice. Sorry. That <laughs> Surprise did, burp. <laughs> that came out of nowhere.
1: Um, so she gets to go. And unlike everybody else's who's been in like this blue, hers is in this reddish tent. She's experiencing the day her dad came home from war. And oh, was um, that
0: the that was that was really.
1: Yeah. Oh, the sure. Welcome home. Daddy signs and everything.
0: Oh, geez. I must have been taking notes or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, and this party. And then um, like how happy she is to see her father. And then this day that she goes up to this room that he's in, she sees his back. And then when she tries to go in, and as she's trying to go in, her mother stops her and is screaming at her and yelling, This is all your fault. Well, her father runs past and kills himself in um, the truck outside their home. Yeah. And um, so she's clearly very uh, shaken by this whole thing. Well, they're all, and um, this is when it starts to come out what everybody else has been experiencing and the guy and everyone kind of starts to talk to each other, except for Nelson who while he explains this kid who he's not sure, like he's being really vague about it, keeps beating him up and Oliver Platt's like, um I'm sorry, these guys are seeing things, but you physically experienced this. And while um, David gets really upset, he goes uh, about this. He goes to check on Rachel who is in the bathroom and suddenly seeing visions of her father. I'm not going to spoil this because I don't well, think we yeah. Would. Yeah.
0: Obviously. Um
1: so then David starts to kind of work this out uh that maybe there's something they need to do and these aren't um these experiences are more like things they regret in their lives and maybe they need to figure out how to address those and come to terms with those in order to um, break away from these things that are now Haunting each of them, except for Oliver Platt, who's the only one who uh, did not do it because smartest
0: guy, man, smartest guy, smartest fucking guy in the whole team.
1: Yeah, that's why and- he's my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'll, I'll help out. I'm not fucking doing that. No, yeah, not happening.
1: And um, I think my only issue was that like Joe who is a real son of a bitch who's been recording these women. He's clearly haunted by this. Well, his fiance does in fact find out that he's been cheating on her this whole time. But what I absolutely love in this fucking revolutionary for 1990 is she's like, I'm not even breaking up with you because you're cheating on me. I'm breaking up with you because you did this to so many women. It's so disgusting. Yeah, it's She's pretty like, if you cheated on me with a person who you cared about, that would be one thing. But the fact that you grossly filmed all these women without their consent is so nasty. I'm God, leaving. It's weird. And they're like, wow, a woman who's not like, how could you do this to me? But like, how could you do this to them? Yeah. Damn. But um, I really feel like uh, they didn't really wrap off his storyline. I felt like they could have done that a little bit more. Probably. Whereas everybody else kind of got a a resolution. I would have really liked to have more Randy's character in there. Like what was going on with his life?
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: But I don't think they had the time. I guess.
0: It was already a two hour movie. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. They definitely fed a lot of shit in there. Uh, I uh, I really enjoyed the because I mean I you know I. I didn't really read the synopsis. I just knew it was something about, you told me the brief thing about, It's a group of kids killing, you know, killing, literally killing themselves to find out what's after death. But the fact that all of them had something come back for their, from their past to kind of haunt them, and it crept into the real world, and didn't go away until they resolved, you know, or, or like came to terms with it. You know, some people had to apologize, one person had to like literally, you know what I mean? Like, so they had to face the fear. Yeah. So there we go. Jesus, I can't fucking word. So face your fear or, you know, fess up to what you did. So it's just kind of cool. I didn't uh, I didn't see that coming or, you know, I didn't really expect that. So I thought that was very interesting and it was very creepy, too, because and the and how they did it with the lighting, you know, when someone is seeing something because it the you know, it's bright blue. It's, it's so gorgeous. The blues in this movie are so pretty. So that's how you know when something crazy is happening. Um, and then except for Julia Roberts, which did we just, did we discuss why we thought hers was red? Because it wasn't directly her, what?
1: I told you last night why it was red.
0: I mean, you speculated.
1: Yeah, it hers is, everybody else's is blue because they are guilty of something.
0: You'd think that theirs would be red, though. It's just um, a more menacing
1: color. I'm, I I'm not in charge of the lighting. Uh, whereas with her, um... She was not directly responsible for the things that were haunting her. Yeah, that's true. Um so it was it was a different kind of vibe. Like you kind of knew with the blue light, like it was a, a nice visual way to indicate that what's going on with her is not the same as what's going on with everybody else. They had to take so responsibility. Simple. She had to let go of that um that burden that she'd been holding on to for such a long time.
0: Yeah. Okay. There you go. You said it better. Usually do, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the progression too for me was really fun. It kind of just uh, unravels slowly into madness until the resolution happens and everything's all you know peach keen or as, as good as it can be. So it's just a very well done movie. Uh, surprised me. I feel like the rating on it is a little bit lower than it should be, but I don't know. That's probably just me. Um, so overall, I, I really enjoy even with the two hour like uh, you know time uh, time um what am I trying to say time limit run what am I saying time. <sighs> I'm tired. Runtime. Uh it didn't really feel like 2 hours. I remember the first time we paused it for you to pee was like an hour and 10 minutes in and I was like got to tell everybody I had to go to the bathroom? You you go a lot, man. Um so yeah, it didn't feel like 2 hours and you, I mean the stellar cast. You have such an amazing cast in this. Everyone in here is awesome and they do very well of uh, a very good job. So I I quite thoroughly enjoyed this. I heard the remake is not great, but I I still want to watch it just so I can compare. Uh, but I've heard it's it's just completely shit. So uh, taglines or uh, mid-post-credit scene. I didn't see any taglines. Um, it's beautiful. It's erotic. It's terrifying. They know they've crossed the line. It's a very long tagline. Mm-hmm. I like the second one, which just says some lines shouldn't be crossed. I like that a lot. Uh, trivia: Julia Roberts and Kiefer Sutherland started dating during filming. They ended up engaged, but Roberts ultimately broke it off and married. You said it was his best friend
1: or something. The best man.
0: The best man. Yeah. Lyle Lovett. So that's fun. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland described this movie as the Breakfast Club. No,
1: no, it wasn't Lyle Lovett. Okay. They like it was a brief thing. She ran off to date the guy and then later married Lyle Lovett. Well, whatever.
0: Kiefer Sutherland describes this movie as the Breakfast Club dies and St. Elmo's funeral, jokingly in a Fangoria interview, and Val Kilmer turned down the role of Nelson Wright, which was Kiefer Sutherland's character. Um, let's see here. Goofs. Uh, we see Nelson take potassium chloride from the bottle and inject it into his right arm. But the way one does it is to draw the blood from the arm into the syringe where it mixes with the blood. Then the whole mixture is injected back to the body. Medical students should know this. Just saying, uh, when the camera zooms in into the, into the EKG meter, you can clearly see the camera and cr- clue. Oh my God. Camera and crew reflected in the glass of the monitor. Um, and there's actually another one too, when they're, uh, outside of, um, Kevin Bacon's car. When you can see the camera when it zooms in. So there's a couple uh you can see the crew a, a few times. They just
1: punched another thing. I know.
0: And then there's so there's so many scenes in this movie. Like one of them is where they're in the cemetery with uh uh someone's chasing Nelson and the spooky mist is obviously coming from smoke pots located around set. Like every single Yeah, but s- every single set on this fucking movie was just like on fire. I don't get it.
1: Okay, yeah, that's why you I need to show you Saint Noble's fire, because that is a literal like Drama, whatever. I don't even know how you describe that film, but it's like totally different vibe. Same shit. He loves doing those, especially in fall, because that movie's also set in fall.
0: Uh, okay. Um, apparently, this is a person whose flatline cannot be revived with a defibrillator. I don't know how true that is, but that's what the trivia says. But I'm not gonna trust that. And then, last but not least, in the bathroom scene, um, there's a bathroom scene with Rachel and her father. The walls can be seen sliding back in order to make the set bigger for the 360 degree cameras. Camera sweep. It was really obvious. <laughs> <laughs> literally the walls just start pushing back and i was like oh that's remember me i was like oh that's fun that's yeah. a weird effect uh 6.5 out of 10 on imdb 3.1 out of 5 on letterbox i gave it a four i quite enjoyed it
1: yeah i gave it uh i think three and
0: a half okay i figured that's where you'd be um yeah so that's a that's a really good one i definitely recommend that one it's got good reviews from both of us uh who are you texting why are you texting me I'm oh hhn cat. oh yeah yeah um so yeah that is flatlanders from 1990 uh go ahead and follow us on facebook if you haven't already at frightmares and uh slash your app and instagram at frightmares podcast and then we have twitter at frightmares underscore pod i'm dr proctor on letterboxd you are
1: watson lmp 90
0: watson lmp 90 next week me and Corey are going to be back doing another installment of inanimate horror so that should be a lot of fun Um, So until next week, guys, stay tuned and stay spooky.